Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, everybody. It is the start of the week. It is Monday, and just a couple of things to recap off the weekend. Still no sign of Ben Simmons actually playing <laughs> for the Nets. I keep telling people this. No one believes me, but Ben Simmons is trying to disappear as much as humanly possible so that KD basically is back and rolling, and then maybe. He slinks back in there so he can fade into the background as he usually does because we're getting ever so close to playoff time and still no remote signs of Ben Simmons actually playing in the NBA this year. It's unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, uh, UFC uh, card uh, for 272 went pretty much where I expected it to. Uh, betting-wise, Covington completely dominated Masvidal. I try to keep saying to folks that it was a bad bet to go Masvidal unless you were banking on an early knockout in the first or second round. And yes, I know folks keep pointing out that he did clip Colby in the four, but the problem is Jorge was so tired that one shot is not going to knock out a, a, an elite uh, uh, fighter at that level. It, it, it's just not going to happen. It, I mean, even Usman, when he knocked out Masvidal, uh, was throwing together combinations and then caught him flush. But, you know, just one uh, one hook is not going to get it done. I'm sorry. So I, I'll keep saying it. It was a bad bet. The fact that there was, because the story came out after the fight that, uh, or maybe it was during the fight. I, I lost the uh, timeline of the events, to be honest, on Saturday night. But uh, the story was that Drake, uh, uh, the rapper, bet 275k on Masvidal to win. I, you know, just not knowing uh, exactly what odds he fixed that number at, uh, but he he would have cleared over 700,000. But it, it's a bad bet. I'm sorry, it, it, it's a bad bet. There, there were other ways of uh, doing parlays to get better odds than Masvidal winning that fight. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll keep saying it. It was not a good matchup for Masvidal. And for DFS scoring-wise, you you need to have Covington. And you absolutely need to have uh, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Because the Dos Anjos fight went exactly how I thought. I thought Dos Anjos was going to keep wrestling Morgano. Uh, and just put up massive numbers. I I wasn't expecting 150 points on DraftKings the way it worked out. I I, I didn't have that <laughs> figure in my head. I was thinking somewhere in, in the 130 range, but I mean he just kept taking Moicano down, pounding on him, punching him. But Moicano, you know, most guys would have quit, or their corner would have thrown in the towel. Yeah. I give Boycano's corner credit knowing their fighter and not taking it out of his hands because if you saw the fifth round, 
he still had punching power to, and actually stunned Dos Anjos. It, it would have been an incredible comeback win, but Dos Anjos was smart enough not to take the bait and and, uh, and get himself out of danger rather than uh, continuing to exchange in the pocket in a bad spot in the fifth. But Moicano, I, I, he's earned my respect because he took an absolute beating and kept fighting hard in the fifth round. So, you know, that's all you can ask for yourself. It's like, can you intelligently defend yourself? Because Mark Goddard, I give him credit as a referee, too, because he wanted to stop that fight. But the doctor told him he couldn't, uh, uh, Moicano could continue. The corner told Goddard he could uh, continue. Moicano was uh, adamant that he could continue. And Goddard basically told him, listen, I need to see something out of you in the uh, in the, uh, next 30 seconds or I'm going to stop the fight. And sure enough, Moicano just fought his ass off uh, in that fifth round just to keep that fight going. Because I firmly believe if uh, Dos Anjos got a takedown in that first 30 seconds, he would have stopped the fight immediately. As he should have. Because Moicano took so much of a beating that coming into that fifth round, you know, everyone was thinking, man, you got to throw in the towel here. So, credit to Moicano for uh, just keep pushing through. He took a beating, though, uh, on short notice. Uh, th- those are those are the kind of fights where it's like, you know, I, I said it's like, what I knew Moicano had, uh, I knew Moicano had uh, the ability to uh, uh, do uh, damage to Dos Anjos. Uh, and he showed it in the fifth round, but I just felt that uh, Dos Anjos was going to be able to wrestle him, and <laughs> wrestle him he did. He he took him down at will, basically. However, I wish I could say the DFS card went as well as I could have expected. The problem was, and it was what I was afraid of happening, was that you get a surprise result in the undercard where you get a massive score and then you have some of the heavy favorites winning too quickly. And that's exactly what happened because, uh, uh, you, you had, you had a lot of, uh, uh, big, uh, big numbers coming out of, uh, undercar, namely the Morose fight. Uh, she took down Agapova too easily and just dominated the fight. It, it wasn't even close. Uh, so, and then you had uh, on uh, further in the card, you had uh, Umar Nurmagomedov winning so dominantly that he barely scored over a hundred points. It was such a dominant win, but he had no real strikes because he took him down and just tapped out Kelleher in short order. It was like there was no way to make any points on that fight. And <laughs> Moroz, uh, you know, she had a couple of takedowns, and she got uh, she easily cleared 100 and was 7400 so you could just squeeze squeeze in more fighters that way and you know the the math is the math you're just not when you get an uh an underdog scoring well over 100 it's you know you're you're pretty much in money as long as you go six for six uh on a ufc card especially in a card like this where he had some heavy favorites, but there was always a chance that some of these guys could bust uh, scoring-wise. So, anyway, uh, now that we got out of the weekend recap, let, let's get into the main matter of the day, and that is the news 
concerning the NFL and the fact that uh, Falcons receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for a year by the league. And, uh, you know, those of you who've been listening to the show throughout the NFL season, uh, you've heard me make allusions to Calvin Ridley uh, and the mental break he was taking from football where I was less than uh less than uh uh 100% uh uh <laughs> convinced that it was really a mental break. Uh listen. Calvin really got burned out by the Al- Atlanta Falcons, but he wanted the bag of money. <laughs> he wa- he wanted the new contract, didn't get the contract. Decided to sit out the rest of the year when he knew this squad wasn't going anywhere. Rather than taking the beating on his body, it, it made more sense for him to sit out the year than risk getting hurt. That That's really what the season came down to. And this story comes out. So the NFL was able to track uh, because, you know, the NFL's in uh, in league with so many of these uh, uh, websites. So you've got DraftKings, you got FanDuel. Uh, obviously, you have Vegas, but like it's the mobile betting that got Calvin Ridley in trouble from what the reports are saying. Calvin Ridley is saying he only bet $1,500 in November. He bet $1,500, and they were saying it was over the course of five days in November. So you got to think that it's sometime around the Thanksgiving games uh, grouped together. You're betting on the Thanksgiving games. And then you're betting on the NFL games that following week. Yeah, you're bored. You're with family. You know, you're talking it. And then you decide to gamble on the games. It seems like the most reasonable timeline. Now, what I keep hearing from folks is how can you suspend them for a year when you've got multiple guys assaulting people? Uh, getting in themselves into trouble. Uh, no one expects Deshaun Watson to be gone for a year when the NFL eventually does come down on him after the court case is resolved. So folks are asking me why Calvin Ridley got a year. And there have been a lot of uh, calls that it's hypocrisy, this, that, and the other. Here's the bottom line. Yes, the NFL is in league with gambling websites. The NFL is intertwined with gambling in terms of popularity of the sport. NFL's the most heavily bet sport in the U.S., far and away. It's not even close. It's not close. So, yes, is, is there hypocrisy that the NFL values gambling more than uh, players not getting, uh, running afoul of the law and uh, a, a uh, 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 getting arrested and having criminal charges? Yes, it, there is hypocrisy. But the NFL, and it has always operated this way, the shield protects the shield. They are not going to endanger their number one revenue stream, and they can say whatever they want. Gambling is the number one revenue producer for the NFL. It's just that they never really want to acknowledge it. But the popularity of the sport is predicated on the ability of folks to gamble on the NFL product. Plain and simple. Like, they, everyone can argue about 
how entertaining the game is, uh, you know, how much excitement there is. At the end of the day, and I love football, but at the end of the day, the gambling is what keeps the vast majority of people engaged in the sport. It's the reason why you got Tony Romo and Troy Aikman making $17, $18 million a year to do color analysis that, to be quite honest, ain't that hot. It's like, I know people love Romo, and hey, Romo's good, but he ain't that good. <laughs> He's not that much better than a color analyst in other sports. But because you have the amount of viewership that you do, and you're trying to draw interest from various parties, television networks are willing to spend top dollar to have the talent that they think sponsors are going to want to see. But at the end of the day, the NFL is not going to endanger popularity of the sport because gamblers lose confidence in what they're betting on because players are betting on games too. They're just not going to have it happen. And this happens all the time uh, in soccer where, uh, you know, in the Premier League, you've had cases of players betting on games and they get the book thrown at them because they are not going to endanger their product because they know how intertwined they are with gambling and the folks uh, watching it. So, the sports books are not going to put up with it. They're going to lean on the NFL. And at the end of the day, these leagues know how valuable the uh, the confidence of the sports books and the gamblers themselves are to their actual viewership. It's the reason why there was such a hubbub about having an NFL team in Vegas. It wasn't the fact that players would get arrested. The NFL deals with people getting arrested all the time. And yes, the Henry Ruggs uh, DUI, yes, unfortunate, but that's not what the NFL was concerned about. It's just not. They were concerned about the potential situation and why they didn't want to have an NFL franchise in Vegas until they eventually caved. They didn't want to have a potential situation of this where you got guys betting on games because they don't they don't want to kill the golden goose. They don't want to piss off the sports books and they don't want to lose uh, the attention of fans who are heavily gambling on games and saying that, you know what, it's not worth betting on NFL games anymore because these guys are betting on games, too, and they and they're not even remotely as interested in uh, competing as hard because they, they got action on it too. That's, that's, it's, it's the long and short of it because folks are going to say, well, Calvin Ridley didn't bet on his own team. It doesn't matter. He's got information from other folks that he could probably leverage. And if you got one guy doing it, who's to say that uh, uh, he doesn't have other friends and family members doing it. So Calvin Ridley could say he only bet fifteen hundred, but that fifteen hundred he bet cost him ten million, which is what he would have made next year, and likely the extension that he's been looking for ain't going to happen now. Because I'll tell you this: 
I'm not going to say that Calvin Ridley is going to get run out of the league because that's just not, uh, I don't think that's uh, the scenario. But what I will say is I definitely believe that Calvin Ridley will see a significantly lower contract extension offer from the Falcons and likely any teams that would be trading for him in the future because of this, because the NFL has to send an example to players. And that that's what that year suspension is for, because he's going to be a year removed. And those, the, the, the numbers he was going to get ain't going to happen now. And Calvin Ridley was already contemplating walking away from the game. If he didn't get the bag, well, that bag is going to be significantly lighter now because of this suspension. It, it is what it is. And so, yes, I know folks don't want to uh, hear this, but with the NFL product being so predicated on gambling, any appearance of impropriety, they're just going to come down like a ton of bricks. So I know folks are la- laughing at how late that the suspension is but for the nfl this is defcon one like this is why they didn't want a team nfl team in vegas and it wasn't even it wasn't even the raiders that got involved with gambling it's the falcons oh man i mean you can't make this up but that is the reason why calvin ridley now is gonna be suspended uh, for a year they he got way too close to the golden goose. He had to get clipped. I mean, it's it's just that uh, it's just that, that simple. So yeah, he could try to appeal. I don't see it going anywhere. I don't see it going anywhere. I think he, he he's gonna have to take the bullet for the year suspension because no one wants to see the revenue stream potentially dry up. It's not especially now that you have mobile gambling in New York. Like there's just too much money to be made by the NFL, and that's why they uh, uh, carved out all these uh, 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 partnerships with DraftKings and FanDuel. There's too much money to be made these days. I mean, we won't have the official figures yet for February uh, because they'll come out in about another week. But last month, New York was the largest betting market in the U.S. after just a month. It was a month. They had over $1.6 billion in bets in New York alone. Alone. That is not even including the Super Bowl. We're going to get those figures next week, most likely. Uh, you know, I. You're, you're probably looking at. It may, it may sound crazy. It may sound crazy, but. There's a real chance New York is o- is over uh uh 3.5 billion for Super Bowl bets uh this year. Cuz a lot of people were talking up the uh the Bengals and Rams. I I you know, obviously we'll, we'll see what the the official number comes out to be, but like even random people that I didn't really even think they were interested in betting were betting on the Super Bowl. So that's the reason why Calvin Ridley got clipped as hard as he did. Like, there's too much money to be made. And Calvin really flew way too close to the sun here. It it is what it is. You know, it's unfortunate because, again, he says it's only 1,500, but 
That fifteen hundred cost him ten million dollars and more because there's more down the line of money he's going to be missing out on because of this. Because this ain't going away anytime soon. He 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 came way too close uh, to the Golden Goose for the NFL, and the the league is going to let him know it uh, in subsequent years. So it is that is the sad state of affairs for Calvin Ridley because this was entirely avoidable, but you know. It's too late now, and unfortunately for him, uh, he is going to be paying a heavy, heavy price now and moving forward. So that's all I got uh, for today, folks, but I ha- I had to come on to, uh, to address that news item because I keep hearing about him and folks saying it's unfair. It, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I kind of agree with the NFL. There's too much money to be made. <laughs> it just it's just the way it is there's way too much money to be made and it's it's truly the the, the real revenue income stream of the league they are not going to jeopardize that so that's all for tonight uh take it easy folks and until next time have a good one thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.